Welcome to the Stone Conversation podcast, covering everything to do with buying, selling and investing in real estate. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just wanting to start out, Stone Conversations will bring you content to inspire and inform you on your journey. Hi all, welcome to the Stone podcast channel again. Today we have three interviews and it's going to be great for you, all you potential investors or people that are already in the investment game. I've got three wonderful journeys. Our first journey, we're kicking off with Georgia Matusi. Georgia has recently bought a property and, and she is only 23. She has started on the property investment ladder already and I think this is fantastic and she'll have many years of capital growth ahead of her, which is very exciting. Welcome to the show, Georgia. Hello, how are you going? Welcome. Look, thank you so much for spending your time with us today and sharing your journey, which is great for inspiration of young people that want to get started. Now, I know I came across you looking, one of our agents showed us a TikTok video you'd posted and obviously you were standing in front of a stone signboard, which was awesome, but I know you mentioned (laughs) on that, it had your life journey and what got you to that and that's what got me to want to talk to you about this. You also mentioned the other day you had three and a half million views of this video and 200,000 likes, which is just amazing, mind-boggling really, isn't it? Yeah, I did not think it was going to kick off like that. I just, yeah, I still can't believe it, but it's good. So, Georgia, on that video, you talked about your life journey that's got you to here, and I thought we'd start with that to put a bit of context around where you've come from. So could you share with the listeners today your life? What's got you to this stage? Yeah, um... So growing up, I was raised by only my mother, and I was one of six, which made it very hard for her to provide us with everything that we needed. She did what she could do, and I understand that. But as soon as I turned 14, to start working, I did so that I could buy the things that I wanted and needed. As soon as I started working, I opened up a savings account, put $15 a week into it, and I told myself not to touch it unless there was an emergency. And when I could, I'd just keep putting extra into it, and over the time, I'll just increase that money. I just found it really motivating seeing my account grow. And I've always been a pretty good saver. Georgia, question, though, which is amazing because I think a lot of people still struggle with saving. I know I do sometimes. There's so many wonderful temptations out there in the world, so I'm very impressed on that. But um, <laughs> what, what drove you to start buying your first property? Because obviously, and we should just, before we get into that, let's just wind back a little bit. Let me just wind back a bit. You did talk yeah. about you actually paid for quite a few things. You got your first job, you paid for your braces, a whole lot of things, didn't you? You had to raise yep. all that money yourself. So it wasn't easy for you, was it, getting to this stage where you'd saved enough? No, it wasn't. Definitely wasn't. Now, what drove you then? What drove you to buy your first property? Yep. Oh, I've, I've just always wanted my own house. I've just wanted security and not needing to rely on anyone else. And, like, I've been renting for about six years, or I had been renting for about six years, and I... I just didn't like the idea that I was paying off somebody else's mortgage. I just felt like it was it was wasted money. Did you have any advisors or people that were sort of guiding you on this journey, or, or how did no, you? No, not really. It was just it was basically just myself because like my mum's never owned a property before, or like nobody that's close to me has. So I kind of just did it. It was all pretty well my own trying to go off my own knowledge, and I've just kind of looked into it myself and. Well, yeah. that's amazing because, you know, Georgia, many people don't do that. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of us, are rightly or wrongly, we do follow on from our parents. Sometimes we go well beyond that. Sometimes we don't. It's sort of the comfort level. Yep. So for you to go that extra step is, you know, congratulations, well done. Um, there must have been some, There must have been some challenges for you, though, along the way, like, you know, saving this and moving over that six years to get to this position. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. There definitely was. So I'll probably, I'll backtrack a little bit with that because what I'm about to say probably links up to all the challenges that I've gone through to okay. get to where I am today. So um, when I was 16, actually, I left home to live with my boyfriend at the time. He lived with his parents and I'd pay them board each week. I was still in school, traveling half an hour by bus every day to get there. And then I was going to work after school, constantly traveling backwards and forth. I was also very into the gym at the time, so I was fitting that into my spare time as well. I just had such a strict schedule. After two years, we broke up and I was in a pretty bad place in that time. So I, oh, sorry, I was messed up. No, take your time. <laughs> you know, look, it's, it's pretty cool that you're just sharing everything with us too. And, and, and this is so important for people to understand that anything that you want to do in life is not always easy. But if you really focus on where you want to get to and you never give up, anything's possible. Yeah. You know, it, it is. Yeah. So you went from that. So you were, you, you broke yeah, up from so your boyfriend. Was, yep. So I was in a really bad place. And at the time, my mum had moved and she downsized, downsized from the house that she was living in. So I actually didn't have a bedroom to come home to. So I, um, I lived on the couch for a few weeks and that was really hard for me. So my mental health wasn't really good because I was just out of routine and I was just very stressed out and, yeah, but I ended up pulling myself out of that bad place that I was in. And I actually had spoke to my younger sister. She was only 16 at the time and she wanted to um, get out of the house that she was living in because it you know, wasn't the best, bestest of houses, I guess. Like my mum, she was just really struggling and it was all that she could do for us. But um, so, yeah, me and my 16-year-old sister ended up looking for a little rental and we found a cheap two-bedroom unit and... We moved into that, and I was still going. I was still in school and everything at the time. Wow. Yeah, going through my HSC and all by yourself. Yeah, but yeah, all by myself. I had her like my sister. She actually dropped out of school when she was sixteen and become a hairdresser, so she had income, so we could both start paying rent. Yeah, but um, yeah, I ended up finishing my HSC and I got offered a full time position at the pharmacy that I was working at. Congratulations. Um. Yeah, but it wasn't the greatest money, so it made it really hard for me to save because I was trying to pay rent at the time and I'd gotten my braces, which was I had to pay off every month. Yeah, and I also they're expensive. Up a brand new, sorry? They're very expensive, braces, yes. Oh, yeah, $8,000. <laughs> wow, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I ended up paying that all off on my own with no help and was still paying rent at the time. And I, I never had anyone to teach me how to drive my car either, so... I had to pay for my driving lessons um, and yeah, I ended up, my, I ended up getting another boyfriend and he had actually been a massive help and he got me my, like pretty well got me all of my hours up so I could get my license Yes. and then I ended up buying a brand new car and putting a loan out for that. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. Well, so, you've certainly yeah. taken on a lot and, those, and I think not having... Uh, fatherly figure or much support of the family around you to to drag yourself up on this journey is quite commendable. So congratulations on that, getting to that. And it, it certainly hasn't been easy for you, has it, on this journey? No, there's been a lot of challenges that I've had to go through, but I think that's what, what has made me the person that I am today. So I do appreciate it, like that I've, like I've had to work hard for this. Like everything that I have now, I just appreciate it that much more. And you got yourself into a better job, you're earning more money, and then you saved up more to be able to buy this 
property, I assume. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I ended up, yeah, getting into a government job. So that enabled me to save more money to get to where I wanted to be. It was a, definitely a massive help. But, um, I, yeah, I had to work very hard to get into that job position. So, now, yeah. George, so, you've only just bought this property recently. And when I, yep. when I rang you just before this interview, we were chatting, you were saying you're out on Saturday today and you're out there uh, painting or doing things. Is that correct? You're out there? Yep, yep. At the house at the moment. I've had a bit of help with some friends that um, have trays and um, ended up putting our mirror in the bathroom and just putting um, some like lights up and all of that, just some final little touches and doing some painting and everything. So that's all exciting. It's very exciting making it your own, putting your own stamp on I think. And you get, like, yeah. you know, getting into your first property like this is, is very commendable and very, very exciting. Um, yeah. And so what's your plans in your future? If I was to go, George's 10-year plan, wh- where would you like your property investment oh. journey to grow to? Well, I'm hoping, like, this, this house that I've just bought, I'll definitely live in it for a little while and try and get comfortable just to, you know, see that I can manage it all on my own. Yes. Um, then I'd eventually like to turn this into an investment property and I'm I'm saving while I'm paying off this house. I'm trying to save little bits as well, um, so I can buy another investment because um, I've still got savings and everything. That hopefully yeah, I'll be able to keep building that up, so I can buy another. So you've got a little mar- you've got a little margin there if it gets tough, which is a good idea. Yeah, yeah. You certainly sound like you got your head screwed on right, and uh, this is so wonderful to hear from a, a young person. Though I must say, I think when I was twenty three too, and I think I was just opening my first store restaurant, I felt probably really old and I probably was it's funny though as you get older at 23 to me now seems really really young <laughs> so, yeah I know yes yeah, I feel like I'm old <laughs> oh no long way to go so look this is an amazing journey and I really hope a lot of people take inspiration from this today because a lot of people would have it much easier meaning might be growing up in an average middle class family they've probably seen their parents work hard they've got two parents around them they've got that loving support but this is showing you don't have to have all that to improve yourself in yeah. your life. And oh, no, definitely. You don't, yeah. 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 You can definitely do it on your own. You don't need anyone's help or anyone's opinions. you just got to work hard and, yeah, and you can do it yourself. That's definitely. very true and I, and I can agree with you because like you, um, oh, I was lucky. I had two parents and um, they were very loving and had a small little business but encouraged me to, to work hard and what I watched, you know, I was lucky because I could watch them going, if you work hard and you apply yourself, you can be successful. And, you know, I love that about this country. So what, yeah. what is some tips that you might give some other young people like yourself that, that may be yeah. struggling or, you know, around from personal life, they may be in a rut and they don't know where to go or, and or what's some tips about getting started in property that you'd give them at your level? Yeah, okay. Um, my advice would probably be that if, like, if you're doing it on your own like I have, just save your money. Anything extra that you have in your bank, like the day before you get paid, just put it into your savings. Pretend the money that you're saving isn't access- it isn't accessible. Um, I'd suggest even getting a pre-approval just to see how much you're able to borrow and then look for a house below your borrowing capacity so that you know that you can definitely afford it and still have money for other things. Like I still put away money for holidays and stuff so I have other things to look forward to. Because life, you know, I don't want life to just be about paying off my mortgage. Like, there's definitely other things to life than that. But um, yeah, I just my recommendations would just be to yeah borrow within your within your capacity, definitely. But they're very yeah. wise words for a young woman, Georgia. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> a lot of older people still haven't got that sorted out, and I think 
everyone's everyone's journey is different and everyone how they invest is different and i think though uh i, I i'm probably similar in the way i like i like to plan for investment for the future but also enjoy <laughs> the moment you're in as my wife constantly that reminds is. me you still got to enjoy the moments you're in because you know we never know how long we're on this planet for but you do have to plan well, that, for it. yeah that's it i know and that's what a lot of people say to me they're like you know life's not all about buying your house you can go on holidays but i'm like i can i can do both like i can it's just you just got to work hard save that money and you can do both like yeah you might have to work out a little bit harder or work longer hours or work more shifts but like it'll all be worth it in the long run if you you know yeah and, and Georgia, I think that the thing there too that you're inspiring people and, and you've been through this is that sometimes life can be pretty daunting and you wonder where yeah, it's oh, going to get any better. But you've yeah, you yeah. transcended that and you've worked your way through. But it, life does get better. Yeah, it does. You might have to go through the hard yards for a little while, but it's definitely you'll come out stronger in the end, that's for sure. And I think it's worth, yeah. you know, worth fighting for in life um, to improve yourself because you can always turn things around. Look, Georgia, I just want to thank you so much for your time. Um, I know it's yep. Saturday and I want to let you get back to your painting. <laughs> and, uh, look, congratulations. And you've got, if you keep doing what you're doing and keep acquiring a property every now and then, and obviously you've got your head uh, on the right so shoulders there and you, you're budgeting and going, well, you will build an amazing investment portfolio and really build opportunities for yourself in the future just through time in the market. So, Georgia, yep. thanks thank so much. That's okay. <laughs> I look you. forward to speaking to you again about your journey in the future. Yeah, no worries. You will. <laughs> Thank you, Georgia. Thank you. Welcome to the show, everyone, again. It's Pete Mumford here from Stone Real Estate. Part two of our investors' stories, we're talking with Shannon Walker next. Shannon Walker is a great friend of mine. We've known each other for close to maybe 30 or 40 years, but I, it's been a while. But for Shan, she started her investment journey probably about 25 years ago. And she dipped her toes into the property market, bought a property, made some great capital gain, and, and she sold that. Got married, raised two amazing children, and in the last five years has started this investment journey again. That's what we're going to talk about today. Shannon's story that hopefully will inspire people that have may have started and want to get started again, to, you know, to get going. Or for those that haven't started yet, some of the pitfalls, things to consider uh, when starting on this journey. Welcome to the show, Shannon. Hi, Pete. Hello. So, Shan, we've known each other for quite a while um, and life goes... Yes, we have. It has. Life goes on too fast. I don't think it was 40 years because it would make us really old. But it no, because that makes him really old. <laughs> so it was probably about, well, it was probably about 30 because it was when I met yes. Louise, my wife. I think it was around that time. Um, so, Shan, you started... Let's, let's talk about your first journey. I think you said earlier we were chatting that you were about 25 when you bought your first property. That's right. So it was on the Central Coast and it was a house of friends of a friend, a friend of my parents. And mum said, it's a great opportunity to buy this house. And I had saved a deposit and I bought the house and it was encouraged by mum and dad. And I'm so glad I did because um, it was only worth like 120000 And I think I sold it for just $290,000, um, uh, you know, nine years later. So it was a good step up and getting me a bit of a deposit for that, which then enabled us later on um, help us buy our own home. It's a uh, nice so, return on that one. And I guess, I guess yeah. some, like everything, I, I know I've had to buy and sell properties because you trade up the things and that's okay. But 
sometimes we all think, oh, what would that be worth? Have you got any idea what that probably might be worth today? Oh, I'd say seven, eight hundred thousand. Yeah. It can jump yeah. up after the 10 years, can't it? I think I was chatting to Michael Yardney the other day and he mentioned that too. He was going, you know, 20, 30 years. Of course, we don't all have 20, 30 years to wait, but he was saying, you know, it really does multiple, multiply. Now, Shan, I know then you went on and uh, got married, obviously, and had two amazing children and, and your husband has a very senior CEO of a large corporation and he's very busy, so your family's very busy and then you've gone on and you had your career through this time and then you've also yes. um, started some interior, interior design business, correct? That's correct. And then you've and, got back in again. Um, Sorry. And looking back in hindsight, I, we, every time we came around to tax year, our accountant said, buy property, buy property, you're paying way too much tax. You have to use your tax effectively. And I just was too nervous. To, I just didn't know where to start. So for years we procrastinated and nothing happened. And then I was chatting to a friend of mine who was a buyer's agent and then I thought, oh, geez, I've got to start being sensible and using um, and tax more effectively. So I started researching a little bit and I spoke to a couple of different buyer's agents and then had a really great connection with one and then got the confidence to buy the, the first property, or well, my, my second property, but um, the one that I now have. Um, well, I've got two now, but the one in Newport in Brisbane. So a question on that, Shantuna, again, because I was speaking to a buyer's agent, um, Michael, the other day, and I think it's quite vital for a lot, lot of people. But what were the reasons that drove you to use a buyer's agent? Because they had all the facts and figures on hand. So, you know, they talk about the property clock and what had taken off and what areas had taken off, and my eyes would just glaze over. But I just had the confidence to buy these homes because they'd say, okay, this is where you need to buy. They have the infrastructure there. So you've got a great school. You've got great shopping centres. And they would sell the – It was, I mean, you could have a real estate agent that will sell you the property, but this is another one actually giving you the confidence to make that step. Um, and also they have the uh, like conveyances and just the ins and outs, like the so great places easy. to go for insurances. just made it so easy. Really easy. I think that's yeah. some of the challenges we all face. And I know I mentioned this on the other day, even myself running a business and I'm in real estate, we all get so busy doing our day jobs, you know, and we get home at the end of the day and we're exhausted and then we've got kids and dinner and everything else. We It's hard getting the time to go, where should I invest? And we're not talking about just buying a house. We're not talking about buying a house today where you want to live. Um, though a lot of people do use buyers agents for that because they're the same thing, they're busy. But Usually it's out of our area sometimes um, and we don't have that knowledge of that area and we need that expert advice. But it actually gets you started, doesn't it? Because I guess if you didn't have this buyer's agent, you might have waited another five years. Well, it was great. My buyer's agent would be constantly ringing me up. What do you think? What do you think? And I, she, she actually didn't let me procrastinate, which yeah. I lost because <laughs> I needed someone to push me along. Yeah. Yeah, I think, look, yeah. it's great. And I think, for, again, people listening – Sometimes we just, as I said on another podcast, I think we all expect because we all think we should know about property because mum and dad bought a property, you know, and so on. We all think we should know. So we think we can do it ourselves and we think we'll get to it one day. But the majority of us never get to it. Um, and, and I was mentioning to Michael again the other day that, you know, if I'd had someone push me like you've done now, Shan, I would have acquired more properties on that journey because they wouldn't 
be leaving it just to myself with the time I had. And I would have had a lot of capital gain over this period. So, Shan. Oh, I'm kicking myself I didn't do it earlier. And one of the biggest motivators for me was we looked at our superannuation and we looked, because we went to a financial planner and they said, well, when you retire, and my husband's a bit older than me, um, you need to have X. And we were no way going to get to X. And so when I was looking at the, the, the gains you can get in property, it was fantastic. I'm kicking myself I haven't got more properties under my belt. Yes, but you started. And that's the main thing. So, you know, look, yeah. look, I'm in the industry and I still kick myself. And um, But as, as again, you know, I have to reinvest in my business all the time. But property has been, I guess, if I think about the, for my side, uh, investing in property has certainly been the easiest money um, to do compared to employing staff, taking all the risks, putting it on the line. It's For me, it's always been a good capital growth. And I've used that equity sometimes. Not always wanted to sell the properties, but I've used that equity to grow businesses, which is, you know, if I hadn't yeah. bought in the properties, I wouldn't have had that cash to build a business. Um, so, so, Shan, tell us, why don't we just talk about, you know, this first property you bought, I think you mentioned was in Brisbane and Newport. Was that right? That's right. So that's a suburb north of Brisbane um, and it's on the water. Um, what the house was is a little bit different um, to what people it, – it, it was a display home. So – it was fantastic because the builder built it um, and then they rented it back off me. So it's, it's a um, single story, a bit high spec up home with a pool. And for three years, we got a crazy amount of rent. Um, I think it was a nine, a seven, no, I think it was that um, 9% return on investment yield. Um, so we were getting $1,100 a week. Um, unfortunately now, <laughs> Um, it's been rented out just to a, an everyday Joe Blow tenant, so that was and we're the, now that was through the um, that was part of rental guarantee that they gave you for that period of time, a higher rate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was fantastic. Now we're getting seven fifty, so a lot less, but we're still it's still um, slightly positively gearing, which is great. And I guess you do have your foot in the water there, and you you know over time sitting on that long enough, you'll get your capital growth over time. Um, then you've yeah. gone on and you've done another one, but you you went even further. You bought a block and built a house on it, which is uh, remotely. So tell us about that. So that was um, when you looked at buying and how much um, capital, oh, you know, how much your property would increase by. I was always, we was always going to take a few years to actually start recouping the money. But then I looked at, okay, if I bought the block of land built a house and sold it, um, you know, a year later, I would have made a hell of a lot more money. So I um, bought a block of land in Indrakili, which is a really lovely old established area in Brisbane. Um, it's one house back from the, the river. Um, luckily, there's no flooding issues. And it, it's a, 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 I mean, what you can buy up there is incredible. So it's uh, a four bedroom, three living room, um, two car garage with a pool, and um, it, it's doing really well. It was, it was rented out. Uh, I think I had four people wanting to rent it out within about a day. And um, the capital growth has been really good on that one. What's, so what's been the sort of, do you know what the returns have been, percentage returns on that from a rental yield point of view? That, um, I looked at, I was speaking to you, was 4.5%. I know, pretty good. Yeah. And you're getting capital growth on top, which is fantastic. Yes, but it was tricky, really tricky, a lot tricky. Building remotely, 
I went through a display home company and because I'm interior design background, rather than just leave it as it is, I did change some bits of the build, but that's okay. Um, so you, you do have to have invest more of your time, but then it paid for itself because if I sold it tomorrow, I've already made a lot of money on it. So Shan, what's next for you? What's the plan for property? Definitely buying something more. I, I like houses. Yeah. I can. It's got to, you've got to, whatever you feel right about. Like I, I've got to feel right about the house where it is, the aspect, all those things. I know it's an investment, but that's how I, <laughs> that's how I roll. Um, yeah. if, if you could be a little bit removed from it, you know, buying um, units is, might might be more your gig. But um, I like houses, so I would like to uh, buy another house. Possibly not in the same market of Brisbane because I've got two up there now and it's good to sort of mix it up a bit. Um, yeah, so definitely we'll be looking at more properties. Um, I don't know whether with COVID pricing will come down locally um, in our area of Manly that I'll be able to pick up maybe a unit that we could, um, you know, put on the in our investment belt. But yeah. Well, Manly's yeah, always been a, a good return. It still surprises me the prices every day that everything sells down there for. Um, and, you know, I, I, know. Grew up, I grew up around the area, but it's it's always been like that, hasn't it? You know, access to the city yeah. has taken off. And I think that's the thing too when people are looking for investment properties. Um, there is certain areas that always have amazing capital growth over time, but sometimes we can't buy in those because they're just out of our price range. Um, so that's why it is good to look further afield and, use property advisors to help you, especially if you don't know the area or have the time. And I think, as you mentioned, the biggest takeaway I get from today, Shan, is that is that we all procrastinate, all of us, myself included, going, I'm going to read that book or I'm going to get online and research that. But we get held up with life, you know, kids sport on the weekends, and catching up with friends, all the things that happen. And then we go, oh, I'll read it next weekend. But if you've got someone driving you and advising you, I mean – it gets it started, so I can't say that enough. I think it's a. I think um, property buyers and advisors, if you get the right ones with a, a reputable background, I think they can really add value to you growing your investment portfolio. So, Shant, oh, sorry, amazing. go ahead. Amazing. I, I I can't thank my buyer's agent enough. She's incredible. And we look at these properties as ten-year plans, so we're not buying them to sell tomorrow. We're we're buying them to hold and get the you know. The, the capital growth in the long term. And that's that's so and have it pay yeah. for itself. Yeah. I think I think a lot of people sometimes they don't understand and, and you mentioned they were teaching about the property clock, which was great. I think a lot of people think, oh, I'll do this and I'll make money in five years. Now, you can make money in five years if you what part of the cycle you enter. And I have I actually have had a property that doubled in five years, but it was more by luck, not design. Um, equally yeah. I've had a property for twelve years. Sorry, no, had a property for yeah, twelve years. It took to double, and I've had others sometimes take longer and sometimes shorter. So, the longer you can be in the property market, even twenty years, um, as Michael Yarney says, if you can be in twenty years, you got to look at it like that. That's where you start getting those capital growth. And I think it's like we were talking about that one in Berkeleyvale, right? If you mm. if you took that from when you originally bought it and say you had it in twenty years time, um, that's where you see that mammoth return. I reckon jump up from that ten years. So, Shane, you have an interior design business. I'm going to ask you a bit about that. Yeah. Um, Tell us some yep. of the things you do because you told well, you started with houses, but you told me the other day I think you did a corporate jet. Oh yes, I did. <laughs> so I started. I went to Sydney Design School and then I started specialising in bathroom renovations, 
and I did that for a while. And then I did working alongside architects and do the interior design of re- renovations. And then I then had um, some good gigs of doing um, corporate fit-outs. So I was employed by the company to um, guide them on what interiors that the design the design company were coming to them and the company was looking at it going, geez, I don't know. So they got me involved to make all those decisions. So I did some really cool stuff in the city, um, two big um, or three big floors in what um, in the city of Sydney and just really cool funky stuff and then that same company had me doing things in Brisbane which was um, really handy because I'd be flying up there um, to do the um, corporate fit outs and then ducking over to my house in Indrapelli to see how that was going but it was funny the other day I have a friend that's a pilot and he goes geez I've got to fit this corporate uh, this this jet out and I don't know what I'm doing Shannon can you help me so I had Oh, it's like a kid in a candy shop. Um, Pete, you would love yeah, it. Yes, I know it would you be like. nice. <laughs> um, Styling out a corporate jet. So it, that was a completely different thing because you have to work out what pillow is going to sit on that the the lounges without falling off and just making things stable. Um, and then you know, worrying about things being far and And they can't be too heavy, I guess. Though. They can't put in slabs of marble either. <laughs> That is true. <laughs> so, Shan, do you, are you still doing houses and private things as well as large corporate gigs? Uh, well, pre-COVID, I was still meant to be doing um, more work in Brisbane, but that slowed down. Uh, I'm doing a few styling jobs locally at the moment. And, and um, what sort of clients come to you generally for that sort of work? Busy people that, uh, or, or just don't just have the time? Bu- yeah, just busy people that have not got the time to, um, you know, make those decisions. I, I really love um, doing the fit-outs of homes, though, like styling the kitchens and the bathrooms and all the aesthetics, which is why I, I loved building that house in Brisbane because I, I knew exactly what I wanted. I think it's um, good, Sam, what you're saying, and sorry, sorry to cut in there. I think it's great that yeah. if, if – and I'd like to have a shout-out for you with your details in a sec because I think it's important for people that if you're um, – Buying a property and you want to add value, especially buy one that needs renovation, unless you know exactly the colours and you know what appeals to the market, it is good to get some advice. Because remember, remember everyone, we don't have to be experts at everything. Um, so I'd certainly recommend people like Shannon um, that can help you on that because you might add a lot more value to your house by having the right styling. So Shan, just to shout out because I want to thank you for sharing your journey with everyone listening today. If people would like to either book you for a corporate jet or large office tower or <laughs> as you said you love doing homes though um your bathroom renovation or, or kitchen or anything how do they get hold of you um they can email me at shannon at shannonwalkerinteriors.com.au or my mobile and what's your mobile oh four one eight two seven two five two five. all right and i'm going to put that at the end of this uh, email in the notes for everyone so um by all means, reach out, Shannon. I think it's good sometimes. Obviously, as I say, if you're if you're talking to your accountant, make sure they're a property investor if they're advising you on property. Same with if you are, it's not bad to have your interior design helping you with things, especially when they understand property investment. They're passionate about it. They can add a lot of value. Shannon, I wanted to thank you for your time today and sharing your journey. Um, this will make an amazing podcast in our three-part series that is being recorded, and uh, we hope to talk to you more about your journey as you progress. Thanks very much, Shannon.
Thanks, Pete. Hello all again. Welcome to part three of our investor interview series. The final leg of this, we're chatting to Mr. Ian Clark. Ian Clark is a real estate agent. Ian owns one of the amazing stone offices in which looks after Belrose, Forestville, Cherry Hills, all the lovely northern beaches. Ian has been in the real estate industry for quite some time. And Ian is one of those rare breeds, though you wouldn't think so, that actually invests in property and is an agent. Because believe it or not, not all real estate agents invest in property. Ian has grown his portfolio over the years. So we're having a great chat with someone in the know and someone, I guess, that walks the talk. Welcome to the show, Ian. Thank you. <laughs> Hello, Ian. I know you're, you're a very quiet person and, um, and I really appreciate you coming on today and, and sharing some of your knowledge. And we, we respect that. So one of my questions, I guess, for you, Ian, you started in property some time ago but um, maybe you could share us a little bit about your how your journey started. Yeah, so I started in real estate at 16 and a half, 17. Um, left school at year 10, went straight into real estate, did the real estate course full time. Uh, the first year was done at TAFE. Being a property manager for some time and collecting rents on behalf of other people, it occurred to me that I should start collecting rents for myself and having somebody else pay off my own properties. So I bought my own first property at the age of 23, uh, an apartment in Collaroy on Sydney's Northern Beaches. I rented one room out uh, to help cover the mortgage and uh, it worked well, but I then continued the journey and bought further properties. So Ian, um, that's really interesting hearing you at 23 because our first interviewee today or part of this series was actually Georgia and she's 23 and she just built her first property. So, you know, this is amazing and a lot of people have taken this long journey, but not all start at that early age. Um, I guess... If you and I know you've got something like eight properties plus now, is that right? We have eight investment properties plus our own family home. Well done. That's an amazing effort. Um, If you were advising, let's go back to when you were twenty-three, just getting started, the young, the young Ian, um, what would you sort of be telling yourself from advice these days to maybe do better, or, or or would you do the same, or what other advice? I wrote seven points about what I think I have done. Um, The first one is I set goals for myself financially. I constantly looked for opportunities uh, in the marketplace. I did balance risk versus return. Um, I balanced yourself financially. Don't stretch uh, your investment. Investment is meant to be fun, not a stressful situation. I listened and learned a lot from other people. I believed in starting to save early. I didn't run around in flash cars and have nice fancy holidays. I saved. And my philosophy of life is you can only spend money once unless it's invested. That's a very good philosophy, Ian. I think a lot of us uh, forget that sometimes, don't we? We think it'll keep coming in. But I think we all realise soon we all get a bit older very quickly in life. Um, I think that's my tip to younger people is you soon go from 20 to 50 plus and it happens overnight. So it's good to start yes. investing early, right? 
Look, I, I believe you've got to start planning for your retirement when you start working. You've got to think about how much do I need to live off. And you can't wait till you're 55 or 60 and then start thinking about it. Um, it, it it's a process that takes time. And particularly with property investment with long-term mortgages. What 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 are the sort of properties, Anne? That are, I mean, they might be all different that you've invested in. I don't know. Do you have a particular style of property that you like to acquire? Is it units, houses, or mixture? We've got a, a real mixture from residential, commercial, um, retail. Um, I do like strata because it reduces your um, unimproved capital value for land tax purposes. Um, but generally, I just look at the uh, opportunity cost. Is there a way I can enhance its value, improve its return, and um, is it going to give me pretty much headache-free uh, long-term investment? On that as well, Ian, it, any of the, I guess if you're looking back at some of the properties you purchased, obviously maybe some stood out. Is there ones that you would have done any different than what you've bought now or... Would you look for something different? Let's say you're looking now, because I know you're always looking for investments because that's what I like. You're not giving up. You just don't go, hey, I've reached this. I'm not going to. But is there a different structure you look for now or you wouldn't do again? Look, when I was younger and didn't have as much money, I couldn't look at commercial retail investment because the bank's lending policy on that year, uh, the leverage, you could borrow less money. So that made it harder to get into that area. I do like commercial because tenants mostly pay your outgoings for you and you do get the long term and there's uh, less emotional uh, aspects involved. So commercial is probably my preferred choice, but we certainly have a good mix of residential and commercial. And I guess commercial can be a little risky now, depends where you are. But yes, that's true. That, that generally, the cash flow is a lot better, isn't it, in the commercial side? Yes. Um, so going forward for you, what, what now you've gone through this process, you've got a mixture of retail, commercial and residential. Um, how did you learn about to move into commercial and retail? Was it just trial and error or you read a lot or you spoke to people? What, how did you, what could you pass on for people that are interested of maybe they've got two residential and they're thinking of retail or commercial? Look, I believe there's A, B and C grade in commercial real estate um, and I would never touch the C grade, but A and B grade I think is quite good. But it's just one of those sort of um, opportunity. I do like longer term leases. Um, we own a, a chemist pharmacy. They're on a 10 plus 10 plus 10 uh, year lease. So that works well for us from an investment point of view. Yes. But we, we do have some other ones that are not so good quality tenants, but they're part of future redevelopment areas and so on. So it's about looking at that opportunity cost. You know, Ian, you have a lot of knowledge there to share with a lot of people. So I, I, I might put it out there, put you on the spot. <laughs> if anyone's looking to buy a property, maybe they should be chatting to Ian, especially if you're an investor. Um, because, but you want someone that can guide you um, and has been there and done that. And I think that's amazing what you've been doing, Ian. But where to from here? Do, where do you want to go or what's your investment plans? What, what do you look for in the current market or down the track? Look. We are looking for our next project at the moment. We've done some uh, building work. We've built new homes, moved into them to avoid capital gains tax. We've renovated homes. 
moved into them to avoid the capital gains tax and we are currently looking for our next project and trying to decide when and where that's going to be. I'm thinking later this year or early next year, depending on what happens with real estate prices. But it's just always be open to um, opportunity and you never know when that next one's going to come across your table. I think that's the thing. A lot of us probably aren't. I remember, well, should I say, a lot of us aren't looking all the time. And remember, um, I think it was um, Peter Gilchrist said to me once, he said, Pete, you can always be shopping, but just not buying at the moment. So it's a very good point, you know, always looking to see what's going on. And I guess you're always, me- you're in the market all the time. I remember I missed an early investment opportunity and I remember my mother saying to me, I just couldn't afford to do it at the time. And she said, not to worry, something else was was bound to come, but just save. And that's exactly what I did. And then the next opportunity did come and I was there and ready and able to be able to take advantage of it. It's a bit like dating, it sounds like, Ian, doesn't it, when we were young? <laughs> a little bit. And then we eventually bit. might meet the right wives like we're lucky enough to have. Um, True. But, but at the time, you think that's the only girl that you're ever going to meet, and it's probably the same when you're looking for your first investment. Sometimes you can rush in, you know, and uh, sometimes it's it's okay to take the time, and you know there is another investment around the corner. Um, Look, residentially, I've always said, don't buy anything you wouldn't be prepared to live in yourself. Yes. If everything went ass up tomorrow, could could you live in it? I think that's very very true. Um, Ian, if people wanted to look to buy a property in your area, because I know it's a good investment area up around the forest and Belrose, um, how do they get hold of you? What's the best way? Look, contact me at my office or on my mobile anytime, 0419 636 289. I'm always happy to guide people, advise people and help people. And, and I'd say that to everyone out there. Again, the old saying is speak to someone that's got investment properties if you're wanting to be an investor and learn. Um don't try to learn all by yourself. It's great getting lots of different advice and speaking to people that are actually in the know and that are doing it. I know myself, Ian, I'll probably be coming up chatting to you soon to get some tips from you on investing. Always always looking to talk to people that are doing it. Um, before I let you go, is there any one bit of advice that you'd like to finish with for, you know, whether it's a new person at 23 just bought their first property or someone that's just sort of got started maybe has two? I think... Never rush in and never pay an emotional price. Um, always do do your homework, look at cost of money, look at what your yields are going to be. Um, but it, it doesn't hurt to lose money on a property from time to time on an annual income because it does offset your uh, income at that point in time. So it does give you tax advantages. But uh, just be open and really do your homework and do your homework thoroughly. Ian, I'd like to thank you very much um, for your words of wisdom and, you know, you're a real practitioner and you walk the talk. So thank you very much. I hope everyone's enjoyed today's podcast and Ian from the Forest Stone Forest, um, reach out to him if you'd like to know more. I will put Ian's details in the notes for the podcast. Um, but Ian, thank you so much for today. You're welcome. Well, thanks for listening all. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. They were three amazing journeys. It's wonderful to hear different people's life stories and it also hopefully it inspires you to go, that's not too different maybe than my life story or where I'm at today and if only I do that and I get started. So I'm hoping this brings some inspiration to you, those that want to get restarted in property that may have started a while ago or those that are just starting out. Remember, property can be an amazing way to build wealth 
Obviously, please seek guidance from your accountants and financial advisors, but it's certainly worked well for me and a lot of people in the world. So hope you enjoy this. Explore more, read some great books and educate yourself. Have a wonderful week all. Thanks for joining us on the Stone Real Estate Conversation podcast. Make sure you visit us at stonerealestate.com.au. Now, if you haven't done so already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or your favourite podcast player. While you're at it, if you found value in the podcast and the conversations on today's show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or simply make sure you tell a friend about the conversation we had. Be sure to join us on our next episode with more information on buying, selling and investing in real estate. Bye for now.